0: Morning. Uh, we uh, started, didn't have never done this before as your lead pastor started a teaching series last Sunday on Easter called Finding the Missing Peace. And we and last week was finding my missing peace. that is peace with God that only comes through Jesus. Christ. Christ, and just want to let you know that after two morning services and our kids' church, two of those, and then at Sunday night, Pastor TJ did an Easter service for our students. Uh, all total, uh, those who indicated that uh, they wanted a relationship with God through Jesus Christ it was 53 individuals said yes to Jesus last um, last Sunday. It was fe- now, in our, our two absolutely packed uh, services here, I, I was so pleased to see people respond. And when, and most of the responses in the auditorium here were men. And I'll tell you, I'm not saying anything about, about women, but women are usually very quick to respond, but to see, see so many men respond to say yes to Jesus, that just warmed my heart. So, and we have avenues to follow up with them and um, give them some, some resources. So that was, that was last, last Sunday. Uh, today is finding peace when I'm waiting. Next Sunday is finding peace when I don't understand, especially when I don't understand God, what he's doing, what he's not doing, why he's allowing certain things. And then we'll finish off the series with finding peace when people are driving you crazy, all right, driving you crazy. Uh, Many people are in a search for something they don't realize. What we all need, what we all desire is peace. And we can have money in our bank account, but not peace in our heart. We can be married, but not have peace in our home. We can be so distracted with life. And even as a follower of Jesus, get so distracted with life that we find ourselves not having any peace. And we're so stressed out. We're so wigged out. We're so (laughs) sideways. Because we don't have peace. Now, most people that I know hate to wait. We get upset in the drive-through line. And they're like, is this, this is supposed to be fast food? Because they're like two minutes late. We, we, our package was supposed to arrive tonight. I ordered it last night. First world problems, I got to wait two days for it, two days. How many of you know somebody, don't point or don't nudge, how many of you know somebody that they, they just absolutely go stir crazy when they have to wait? How many of you know somebody like that? Okay. How many of you have a child that's like that? Okay. How many of you are married to, no, don't answer that. Honestly, how many of you struggle with waiting? Come on. I got my hand up. Okay. All right. All the patient people, either they're patient or you're lying in church. All right. (laughs) But waiting for the right person to date. Like, where are they? Do they even exist? Waiting, longing for genuine love. Waiting to get that job. Then you get in that job, like waiting to get the next job, (laughs) waiting to get a better fit of a job, waiting to get a promotion, waiting to to have children. And the grandparents waiting, what is your problem to have grandchildren, right? Like, I want to be a a grandpa, I want to be a grandma. Waiting for physical healing. That's tough. And on and on it goes. See, waiting is not unique uh, to the famous characters in the Bible. If you're a follower of Jesus, that you'll get to meet one day in heaven. Abraham and Sarah were promised by God through you, uh, the whole world's going to be blessed, going to start a family and, and a nation, and, and they had to wait. God did not give them a son for 25 years. Later, Joseph sold into slavery by his brothers. You thought your brothers were bad. And then he was accused of, of rape that he didn't commit, went to prison, and he was in prison for doing nothing for 14 years before God rescued him, waiting, waiting. In the New Testament, we see uh, this lady who had a bleeding problem. And for 12 years, she kept seeking different medical treatments with no answers until she met Jesus. Jesus, by the pool of Bethesda, came up to a man who had been waiting there for 38 years before Jesus healed him. See, if, if you are waiting and waiting and waiting, you're in a pretty healthy line from people from the Bible. I'm like, but I don't want to hear that. I just want an answer now. I, I get that. Uh, I'm going to give you a central point, and we're going to go through uh, several things in the Bible, but uh, also give you a lot of kind of easy-to-remember things about this really difficult subject of waiting. Here's the central point. is this. Just because God is silent doesn't mean God is absent. Just because God is silent doesn't mean God is absent, but it feels like God is absent, but it seems like God is a- absent. God, where are you? God, why don't you answer me? God, uh, do you even know I exist? Go ahead and turn to Galatians chapter four, if you would, to Galatians chapter four. All, all the way back in the Garden of Eden, after Adam and Eve sinned, God gave a promise for a a Messiah. That's where the promise of the Messiah began, and and then God had to start a family through Abraham and Sarah, and they had to wait to to, to grow their family. And then their family was getting larger. Then they went into Egypt and didn't come out of slavery for and 400 plus years later. Then they went up years and years and generations without any kings, and then they finally got kings, and and then there's you know, all these generations of kings and then they got taken off into captivity because of disobedience to God and they just kept waiting and waiting and waiting then they came back and then for 400 years God went silent. No prophets, no prophecies, no angelic visits, no visions. But then in Galatians chapter four, verse four, but when the set time had fully come, God had set the time, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Here's the reason, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship, sonship. that when God's time was ready. If you have not realized that God's time is different than your time, um, buckle up. Because our time is never God's time. But when God's time, you know, I memorized this, and the fullness of time had come, Jesus came. And He came to redeem us, He came to, came to adopt us into His family through those who trust in Him. But they had to wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. Just because God is silent doesn't mean He is absent. Here's what, here's why. Because while we are waiting, God is working. While we are waiting, God is working. Now, there's this thing called uh, um, intertestament period, an intertestament period. One of the most interesting pages in scripture is this blank page between the Old Testament and the New Testament. This represents the 400 years between testaments. The old covenant, the old promise, the new covenant, the new promise, Testament. There was a waiting, but while people were waiting, God was working. Here's, real quickly, here's some ways that God was working so that the fullness of time, when it came, God sent Jesus, but God was working to line up, moving the chess pieces around the world for the Messiah of the world to come. Uh, First one, um, obvious one, was. Through Alexander the Great, you know, the, the, the young, vibrant leader of Greece. It took him 12 years to conquer the known world. And what God used through the, the Alexander the Great and, and Greece was for the first time since the Tower of Babel, that's before the flood, for the first time there was in the known world one common language. That was new. That was new. Again, first time since Tower of Babel. They, they spoke Greek. They wrote in Greek. People learned the Greek language. The Old Testament during this waiting time was, you know, translated from Hebrew and Aramaic to Greek. More people began to read the story of God because of the, the change in the language. Then another thing that took place, it was called, for, it was a new way of learning called the Socratic method. The Socratic method from Socrates is for the first time, teachers, instead of saying, here's information, write it down, memorize it, it'll be on the test. Teachers began to ask questions to help their students to learn and to force them to think. And the process, like, okay, got this and this, which one is right? Okay, why did you choose this one? forcing them to think. What is the consequence of that assumption? Those are Socratic method types of questions that, that good teachers use even to this day of forcing their class and their students to think, and that's how they learn. When Jesus came, he was a master storyteller, and he was an incredible question answer, uh, question giver. That's, that's how, how Jesus learned. That was, again, a fairly new, fairly new concept. So Jesus would say this, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but forfeit his soul, lose his soul? You've know, you got to think about that. What, what if I gained everything I thought I would ever need to make me happy, and I got it all, but I never took care of my soul need, I never got, had peace with God? What, what is a profit? You gain everything but forfeit your soul. And Jesus would say things like this. What do you gain by loving those who love you? What, what do you really gain? To love those who love you. Golf clap because it's easy to love those who love you. In that context, then Jesus said, but I say, love your enemies. Like, I've never thought about that before. See, Jesus used that method of teaching that was fairly new. Then God ushered in the Romans who conquered Greece. And the Roman Empire took quite some time to do this, began what was brand new to the world. It was a highway road system throughout the entire Roman Empire. So that when the fullness of time had come, God's set time was finally realized, and Jesus came. The good news about Jesus could be understood around the known world and read in one language. And the good news about Jesus was easily spread far and wide because of the travel system. And mankind has questions and God has answers. You see, while we are waiting, God is working. So whatever you're waiting for, God is not absent. He is actually working, even though we don't see it. Go ahead, jump over to almost the end of the Bible to 2 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. The world waited and waited and waited for the Messiah to come and you and I are waiting and waiting for the Messiah to come back. All right? Jesus came for the first time to be our Savior, to be the sacrificial lamb on the cross to the, for the atonement covering of all of our sins. The next time he comes back, he's coming as a conquering king and ruler. But we are waiting, right? We're waiting for that. I can't wait for that. But, it, but Peter writes in chapter 3, look at verse 3. He said, above all, you must understand That in the last days, scoffers will come. Like, you really believe this? Scoffers will come. And scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where where is this coming? He promised. Ever since our ancestors died, he promised. Where where is this coming? Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. Yeah, he said he's going to come back, but where is he? Things just keep going on, going on, going on. to verse 8, Peter says this, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, his time is different than ours, with the Lord a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So God's God's patience, but His whole concept of time—God's beyond time—is vastly different than you and I. Now, this past fall, when we went through the Book of Revelation, people kept coming up to me like, "Pastor, is are we? Is it close? Is he coming back? Is it soon?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I believe we're on the we are in the last days." But why doesn't he come back? Well, in the time you know, the watch of Jesus, it's like I've I've been gone like it couple days. I'm coming back. He's not slow the way we measure him. It's according to his time. God has a plan. God has a timeline. And I love the fact that Jesus and the God of Scripture is so vastly different than every religion on this globe. They say there's about 4,000 plus religions today. All of them. Minus Christianity, biblical Christianity, the followers are pursuing a God, hoping that they will find happiness, hoping they'll find fulfillment, hoping they'll find Narnia, hopefully they'll find uh, all sorts of things. But God is the only God, he is the only God, but but he pursues us. He came to us, he's going to come back to us. While we are waiting, God is still working. God is still working. Now, here's another thing to think about is God's delays, God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. There's three answers that we can get from God. Yes, no, and what? Wait. (laughs) We don't like that one. And we're thinking God's denying us. He's rejected our desires. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. When I first met Candy a long time ago, she had me at hello. Actually, it was at her name. Hey, what's your name? Candy. I'm done. You're from California. So am I. I'm done. It's God's will. And I began to pursue her, except there was a slight problem. She was already engaged to somebody else, just a minor obstacle that I prayed out of existence. <laughs> and I began to pursue her and pursue her and pursue her. And, and, we, and we, I mean, we were close friends and we had almost every meal together on campus and, and stuff. And, and uh, after many, many months of pursuing this girl, I finally said, I'm going to go big or go home, right? And so we had, we had our lunch and I had, you know, sat across for her. And at the very end of the, the lunch, I said, all right, Candy, I have a question for you and I need you to be honest with me. And she goes, okay. I said, so, here we go. Is there any hope for me? And she goes, no. <laughs> yeah, I big go big or go home. I I did. I picked up my tray, put it away, walked outside. I was like, she does not know what she's talking about. But I'd pursue her, pursue her, pursue her two and a half years every day. And God was like, you got the right girl, but the wrong time. You are not ready for her. And she wasn't ready for me <laughs> either. So just because it was delayed, which, you know, I thought it was forever and then I thought it was going to be never. My joke is I, I chased her until she caught me. Some of you are not awake enough to get that, but eventually get that. See, we love God's yeses. I need this. I pray this. God, Boom. Well, thank you. Well, let's worship God. But God's no is also for our good. I'm going to talk about that, some of my examples of not understanding God next week but I am so grateful God has said no to me because what I was asking for I, I, didn't know I, I had no idea that would have been horrible but God's weight is also for our good as well and sometimes God does deny a request because as a good loving the perfect heavenly father I want this I want this I want this no I love you too much to say yes to that, but there are times he'll make us wait and he's still working while we're waiting, although you know he God is silent, he is not absent. Here's another thing to consider is before God does something for you, he often must do something in you. Before God does something for you, he must oftentimes do something in you. If you've been around church life for any length of time, you'll get this, is that one of the most dangerous, thing, dangerous things for a church is for a church to hire a very young pastor and that church experience massive growth right away. Uh, on a very few occasions, the pastor survives, but too many young pastors would experience massive growth Um, pride and arrogance surfaces. So God often lets a church grow slowly, hopefully but surely, and there's humbling that takes place. There's sanding that takes place. There's kind of uh, just healthy growth and maturity that takes place. So often we want God to do something for us, but he says, no, 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 before I do something for you, i got to do something in you. My, one of my sister sisters-in-laws, I just love her to death, super great, loves Jesus, um, adopted into Candy's family. Um, when she was a little girl, she was in my first youth group uh, as a junior higher, but she had a desire to get married, like normal for for many, closed door, closed door, closed door. In her late 30s, she pretty much gave up that dream, wrestled with God, finally surrendered that, like... It's not going to happen. See, God needed to do some things in her. She was a workaholic. She was very successful. Bank account, incredibly healthy. But God had to do things in her to actually physically remove her from that incredibly stressful career. And then when God's set time was fulfilled, God said, now you're ready for this guy named Jason, which we love. It is a perfect fit. So many times, God, God, I want this, do this for me. God goes, okay, but I need to do something in you first. In you first. Don't waste God's Waiting time for you. Don't waste the waiting. I love this beautiful verse in Isaiah uh, 64 that Paul used to the letter of, uh, to the Corinth church. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who what? Wait for him. Now, God, uh, God used Paul to pull this verse to to put in one of the letters to the church at Corinth to talk about heaven. Like, (laughs) we have no idea what God has been doing for those who are waiting to go to heaven. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Again, the God of the Bible is not not like any other man-made religion. He actually is doing things for us. And often we have to wait, wait, just because God is silent. Doesn't mean he is absent. And while we're waiting, guess what? God is working. God is working. The last thing is a question. What if, what if the God you are waiting for is waiting for you? Some of you are like, whoa. What if the God you are waiting for, God, why don't you do this? He's up in heaven and goes, I want to, but I'm waiting for you to receive my son as your savior. So so excited that we're seeing men and women and children and teenagers accepting Christ on a consistent basis. I I wrote a recent article I put on my blog, uh, actually just last week, the day my mom mom met an Islamic terrorist. I don't know if you guys read that at barrybandera.com. Um it just, it was just amazing how my mom, now he was a former Islamic terrorist when, he, when she finally met him, but she heard the story and how God changed his, his life, and she was like, okay, now how, how, how did you, over, you're over here making bombs, you know, and teaching Sharia law and hating Jews. What, what was the trigger for you to be transformed into a follower of Jesus Christ? And he said this: "When I heard that Jesus said, "Love your enemies," I never heard that before. All I knew was, "You kill your enemies." And that's how, how Jesus saved him. And my mom heard the story, they needed to go back into the conference, and, and, his, and his precious wife was like, "Oh, there's one more thing. Before we accepted Jesus, we wanted to have kids but we couldn't year after year after year after year. But once we got saved, we have three children now. Now, God doesn't do that every single time, but there are things that God is waiting to give us because he's waiting for us. Salvation, surrender. He's waiting for us to surrender our will, our wants, our desires, our timing. He wants us to finally surrender it to him. God, God is often waiting for us because we, we have character that needs to be developed. God goes, I can't bless you with a good job because you don't have a good work, work ethic. I can't bless you in this area of your life because you're not truthful. I'm waiting for you to grow in your character, to, to be more like my son Jesus. There's things in your life that you got to work on. Maybe, times, maybe, maybe God's waiting for you to, to go get healing. How many times has somebody said, hey, you should probably go see a counselor. You should probably work through this thing. And your pride is hindering you from getting help. And God goes, I, I can't give you this blessing because you're not healthy enough to receive it. If you want some recommendations for very good Christian counselors, give me an email. I'll point you in the right direction. Maybe God's waiting for you to put your pride down to go in and find out what, what is going on inside. But mainly, God is often waiting for our obedience. Blessings flow from obedience. It's like, you, you want me to bless you, But in this area, area, you're you're not obeying me. You're you're not living according to to my word. You're dishonoring me and disobeying me. I'm not going to bless you because you're not living in obedience. And you get, get mad at God, God just answer prayer. Oh, no, he does answer prayer. But when we are in known sin, Scripture says God blocks our prayers. And many times God is waiting for us to begin obeying him, so then he wants to bless us, because blessings always follow obedience. Or maybe you have put God down here, and your family up here, and your job up here, and your career, Every there's so many things that are really more important than God. Well... Blessings flow from God. So if you have things above God, blessings flow down from God. He's going to bless other areas, but not the most important areas of your life because God is not in his rightful place, Colossians says. Above all things, he is supreme. Is he? Is God first in your life and then your family and then your career? Because if God is first in your life, blessings flow from obedience down many times God's way down here and we're wondering why he's not blessing all these other things. God goes I want to. But you're not living in obedience. What if what if the God you are waiting for is waiting for you? Is it scared to obey God? <laughs> yes. You take that step of faith, I'm going to obey even though it hurts, even though it's not convenient, even though I may get laughed at. Watch what God does in your life. I don't know how God's going to bless. I don't know how God's going to answer. He is sovereign. I am not. But I'm giving you principles that are so true. You find these in characters through the Bible of God waiting for them to obey. And then God blesses. You see, for me, time and time again in my life, I'm waiting on God, and I'm getting irritated at God, and God, I'm praying for this, and I need this, and my family needs this, and, and I want, I like this, and, and God is silent, God is silent. And, and so many times for me, it's often surrender, and because a driven person, personality inside of me is like, come on, God, let's go, let's go, let's go, and God's going, I'm just waiting, I'm waiting for you to chill out and trust in me. And f- so many times when I finally surrendered, all right, God, you are God, I am not, do what you want to do. I'll, I'll, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I, I surrender my will, my ways, my wants, my desires, my timing. And then his peace comes to me. And the peace that passes all understanding. The peace that washes over my stressfulness. You know, my peace increases, my stress decreases. <laughs> And I'm at rest. And then sometime later, then God answers. Every single time you think I would learn. Every single time like, Barry, why didn't you do that earlier? God was like, I'm just waiting for you. Am I Lord of your life? Or am I not? Just because God is silent does not mean He's absent. Just because God is silent doesn't mean he's mad at you. If there's sin in your life, he's just waiting. While we're waiting, God is still working. God is still working. David writes at the end of Psalm 23, he says, at the very end, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Anybody that's that familiar with you? And I heard a pastor years ago at this church as a guest speaker said that it's usually later in life Then you look back and you went, oh, surely goodness and mercy was following me. As I was obeying God, I couldn't see it at the time. God's always working. God's delays are not necessarily his denials. And before God does something for you, most likely he's trying to do something in you. What if the God you're waiting for is just waiting for you. Would you pray with me? God, you know what's in the hearts and minds of everyone in this room, those watching our line, you know the wrestling match that they are have been having with you. Some of some who have heard this today have been wrestling with you for, for years. And I pray that something that you led me to, to teach today would trigger something in their heart to to surrender to let it go, to give it back to you, to get to the point to say, God, not my will, but your will be done in my life and Lord if there's sin issues that need to be taken care of you you've already awakened that in them may they deal with it may they may they repent, may they get help if they need healing God, whatever they need, I pray that they would listen to you and follow because God Yes, there are times it feels like you are so distant that you have left us, but you haven't. You've always been there. And while we're waiting, you have been working. Lord, help us to surrender, to release to you so that we can have that missing piece because we've been frustrated at you because we've had to wait. Lord, may people get on the path for victory After today, we pray this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you are our guests today, thank you for being here. Uh, We have a gift for you at our guest services. Hope that you will join us next Sunday as we talk about finding peace when we just don't understand. God bless you. Have a fantastic day.